Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Just a silent sit with God, and I think of it as a reverse prayer. You're you're opening to God, letting go of you and all of your thoughts, getting yourself out of the way, and letting God pray in you. Do you find yourself wondering if God is talking to you? Are you wondering how to discover your true self and know the impact you're meant to have on the world? Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast about helping you achieve your dreams without compromising your faith, your family, or your health. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by speaker, author, and coach, Rich Lewis. Rich has been using a practice known as Centering Prayer since 2014, and he's going to share with us what is Centering Prayer or Silent Prayer in comparison to what we're used to, whether that's somebody who's reading or reciting a prayer that we learned when we were little kids. Uh, but he's going to share with us how you can get more out of your time in prayer, and in contemplation. So, sit back and relax, and if you start to go into prayer, that's okay, because that's what this episode is all about, as Rich and I talk about how to find yourself, your calling, and to have connection with God through centering prayer. Here we go. All right. Hey, Rich, welcome to the show. How are things over there in Pennsylvania? Great, great. Um, Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, getting the chance to speak to you, and and hopefully this will help your community. Oh, yes. I think definitely, because uh, as we were saying before we hit the record button, you know, Beyond the Rut's about helping people get unstuck in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. And I think one of the things this show hadn't really done in the first six years or five and a half years of its life is really hone in on the faith part of uh, what we stand for at Beyond the Rut. And the cool thing is over the last few months, that is kind of what we really have honed in on. And, um, you know, Raina Rose, you've been on her show and she's a previous episode of the show. She mentioned, uh, you know, just the power of centering prayer and contemplative prayer and, you know, the, the changes that come from just getting into silence and, when she told me about that, and I'm familiar with, I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, uh, I think it's Hal Elrod, The Miracle Morning Routine. I've heard of him, but I'm not uh, completely familiar with him. Her, know the name. Know okay. The name. Yeah. He's got this acronym called SAVERS, and it's just like these you know different activities to do every morning for at least an hour altogether. And the very first step is silence. Raina told me about contemplative prayer. And the power of it, I was like, you know, Hal Elrod's got this, like, the very first thing is about 10, 15 minutes of silence. But then I read your book. I'm like, this is much deeper and bigger than that. <laughs> and so uh, definitely wanted to get more information about that and, and, and share this with our audience. And so I think I just wanted to dive right in, if that's okay. Sure. That's, All that's right. Cool. Awesome. So centering prayer or contemplative prayer, like, how is that different from what we usually think about as far as prayer? Because I know, of, like, the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, the the walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, those kinds of things, but, uh, and then having a conversation with God, but then you get to centering prayer and that just sounds different. Can you tell folks what is the difference between centering prayer and other types of prayer? Sure. 
Sure. Well, centering prayer um, is silent prayer, so it's wordless prayer, um, and, and actually was created in the early 1970s by three Trappist monks, by three Catholic priests. They saw um, a lot of people practicing meditation, transcendental meditation, and they wanted something for Christians. So they actually created centering prayer in the early 1970s. Uh, Father William Manager actually found in a book called The Cloud of Unknowing, he found the method, really, and then they began teaching the other priests, and then they began pushing it out to lay people. And I'll, and I'll actually say what centering prayer is as well. So they began pushing it out to ordinary people as well, and they formed an organization called, uh, in, the, in 1984, Contemplative Outreach, which is the main centering prayer um, website, and it's now an a international group, really, because there's chapters. Each state has chapters, I'll call it, and many chapters of people that practice centering prayer. So, if if you live in Texas, you might you could go to the Contemplative Outreach site and see what chapters are in Texas, for example. But it's also internationally as well, so it's not just the United States at this point. So, centering prayer has been around for quite a while now. And it is silent, wordless prayers. So rather than verbal prayer where you're talking to God, it's a silent sit with God. And I'll describe the steps quickly as well. Um, it's simple, but maybe not so simple to, to be quiet instead of talking. We're, most, we're used to talking, um, and instead it's a silent form of prayer. So you sit, and then you usually use a word. And I'll talk about that as well, but you can you pick a short word, whether it be love, Jesus, ocean, something two or three syllables, nothing real long. You sit and then you introduce that word interiorly um, to open to the presence and actions of God within. And then whenever whenever you begin engaging your thoughts, planning your day, doing everything other than the purpose of centering prayer, which is really just to sit with God, you reintroduce that word just to bring yourself back to the present and continue to open to the presence and actions of God within. So you use this word whenever needed. It's not a mantra that you're repeating over and over again. It's just you use it when needed during this time. So for centering prayer is really just a silent sit with God. And I think of it as a reverse prayer. You're you're opening to God, letting go of you and all of your thoughts, getting yourself out of the way and letting God pray in you. So, and by all means, don't give up your other prayer forms, you know, complement it with the silent prayer practice. So it's really just sitting with God, just like maybe if you sit with a friend or a spouse or someone special, you don't always need to talk. You just want to be with that person. You're just sitting with God and actually really letting God do the work and letting God hold you, nurture you and pray in you what only God knows you need, maybe for even when you get up from your sit and whatever you need to do the rest of the day. So it's really just resting in the rest of God and letting God act in you and, and trusting God. I like that you mentioned the that word as well, because I'm probably somebody who has ADHD and, uh, you know, sitting down, I'll start thinking about, oh, look, my shoelaces are black. Uh, you know, you know I, I noticed one bow is larger than the other. Yeah, I wonder who invented shoelaces. And then the the plastic tip at the end of the shoelaces, aglet. That's such a cool thing. And then that's it. My mind is just whoop gone. Um, so remembering why I'm seated and that the purpose is to to slow down, get silent, and listen for God to put something on my heart. And having that word to just kind of remind me, like ah. Boom. Uh, but again, like you said, not to be repeated, but really just to kind of bring us back. I, I almost imagine myself 
repeating that word every 30 seconds anyway. <laughs> uh, now, I think in your book, though, you mentioned like one of your children who is trying this as well probably does have ADHD and, and you recommended something for, is it her, your daughter? Yes, yes. So, and as I was saying, so some people use a word to bring yourself back to the present moment. Um, so I center with my eyes closed. Some people use their breath because they're more physical. So I like a word could be used if you're more of an auditory person. You can use your breath if you're more of a physical person just to bring yourself back. I actually use an image of a, I use actually use a Jesus uh, icon image. Um, in my mind, because I'm more of a visual person. But then in my daughter's case, she was afraid she'd fall asleep. So she centers with her eyes open and really just stares at a spot um, four or five feet ahead to, just to keep herself focused and remembering to come back t- to the present. So I tell people to use whatever sacred, sacred word is just kind of a, a word, but use the method that works for you. And then just stick with it during the centering prayer sit. Don't switch from breath to image to, to word because <laughs> then you'll spend all your time focusing on what am I going to do next? And so you, so does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And, and focus on just one type of centering uh, device, whether it's a word, an image, uh, something to look at uh, and using just one uh, that also prevents going down that rabbit hole. Like, you know, rotating through and like, oh, what if I do it this way next time? It's just like, boom, next. And I, I like that the important thing isn't what you choose. It's about what will help you get back to that being present and in the moment. And you want to make sure you use the right words. If you're focusing on the word, then you, then it's then that's not the purpose. It's really just to bring you back and then you let go of whatever your sacred method is because you're really just, what you're really doing is just removing all the barriers to God and just sitting with as much of the pure presence of God as possible and getting yourself out of the way and your thoughts and emotions and ego all out of the way so you can just sit and be with God. Yeah. I think another thing I like about uh, the silent prayer is and I know I fall into this trap from time to time, especially when I was a younger Christian. Um, I guess I still am a younger Christian because I've only been doing this since 2005. So yeah, 2005. Wow. 16-ish years. So out of 45 years, only a small portion of my life. But anyway, that's not important. What is important is, uh, I have fallen fall into that trap of like when I do pray, it's, you know, my shopping list to Santa in a sense. Like, okay, God, what I'd like for today is no traffic on the way to work. And I'm sure other people fall into that trap. Uh, in what ways does silent prayer serve as the opposite? I mean, you're really, it's, it's trusting God. So centering prayer, my website is called Silence Teaches Us Who We Are. And silence really is God. I mean, God is in the noise and the silence, but um I think you're getting yourself out of the way and you're trusting God, you're letting God pray in you. And it's really outside of the centering prayer times. I notice inner nudges in me that that I know are coming from God that are kind of showing me the way forward. They're showing me what I need to do. I guess I'll say the fruits of centering prayer. It's really the fruits from God. God, we sit with God because we love God and we trust God and we want God to just transform us. And then outside of our practice, we notice different things. So we notice we're calmer, or we notice we suddenly have wisdom for a task, or we notice we have an inner nudge to do something. And and I believe that nudge is really from God pushing us in, in a particular direction. So I guess it's almost the opposite of what you're saying. It's just not coming to God, but it's really just trusting that God knows what we need, what we need to do as we get up from our sits, whether it's just 
inner peace or calmness or confidence or excitement, or whether it's really a nudge to, to move in a certain direction and do something. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, it's almost like a, a, a true surrender to his will in a, in a sense. And maybe that is exactly what it is. It's, you know, I'm not telling God what to do. You know, he's, I'm just there. And, you know, he knows what I need. That's, yeah. That's right. I mean, that's really what it is because we're letting go with our sacred word and just opening to the presence and actions of God within. So that's exactly what it is. It's a surrender to God. And what is, what is it? Who, who is this God? What is this God? And what does this God want me to do? Mm-hmm. And I remember in the book, you mentioned that a few times uh, that, you know, if I'm worried about something that's coming up, you know, that that's a great time to just let that go. Like it pops in your head like, oh, hey, it's there. God, that that's yours. And then you get back to being quiet. Um, now, typically, how long does a sit last when you do it? Or how long do you recommend somebody to do a sit if they're starting it for the first time? I guess I would start with one to five minutes and, and see how it initially goes. Um, or, or even people where I've, I've done, and most of them are now via Zoom, but when pre-COVID, I was doing them live where we would do, I would go to a church, do an adult faith class with them and teach them centering prayer. We would do a five minute sit. And most of the people were pleasantly surprised how quickly it went. So, so I guess I would say try five minutes. It's not as long as you think think (laughs) it is. So I would start with five minutes and then slowly work Work it up um, to 20 minutes if you can. The contemplative outreach or the centering prayer founders recommend two 20 minutes sits a day. So that's what I try to do as much as possible. Um, but start with five minutes, see how it goes, and then slowly work your way up to 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, you do a second one sometime during the workday or? Yes. Yeah, so I do the first one in the morning, it's really the first thing I do before I start my day. And for me, that's really just the best way to begin my day. It's some sitting with God, and then I'm getting up and partnering with God. And then the second sit is usually uh, right before lunch. And I usually like to eat a later lunch. So by time, it, would, it could be one o'clock or even sometimes two o'clock. But usually my second sit is at one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Pre-COVID, it was actually, I would, um, in my car at, at work, I, I would just go into the car um, in the parking lot and do my sit and then go back to my desk and do my uh, eat and do the rest of the day. But we've been working from home now for over a year. So it's, uh, it's in the house, but it's, it's uh, usually the same time as well. I, I still kind of st- stuck to that same uh, structure. Okay. And what's your day job anyway? I didn't even ask that before. That's okay. Um, I'm, I'm in the, uh, I guess, financial services uh, field. So service corporate accounts in the uh, kind of the corporate retirement uh, field. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to point out to folks, like you don't have to give up what you're doing and become a clergyman to 
do God's work. <laughs> Bloom where planted, you know, do his work from where you are. So, uh, no, I mean, this is something any, anybody can do. You don't have to be, I guess, joke and say I'm a monk in the world. You don't have to be a monk um, to practice or, and live in a monastery to practice silence. It, it's everybody can practice silence. And I think everybody needs a dose of daily silence or maybe even two doses of, of, of silence a day can really heal and transform you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, again, I've, I've seen the benefit of when I do it in the morning. Uh, you know, I had, hadn't really thought of it doing it as a prayer. I was just like silent time, you know, got, you know, your turn to talk to me. Uh, but now that I know there's kind of a form and a structure to it. I, I definitely want to apply that when I do it in the morning. Uh, and then seeing that there's an opportunity to do it in the afternoon, I think is really great. Cause I mean, by the time you hit that lunchtime, uh, you know, for those listening, your, your workday's probably been swamped with fires to put out and you've probably had to make a lot of decisions and, you know, get lots of stress thrown on you. Uh, and it's a great time to just sort of remember, this is what God put on your heart this morning. This is what was, um, centering you in a sense or, or putting you at ease or putting things into focus for you before the day started. But now that you're in it, it's, it's kind of regroup and uh, it's almost like, on the battlefield. So, you know, ex army, you know, it's like, you know, you know, the battle's going on. You got to take some moments to regroup, you know, make sure everybody's still there, make sure everybody's still on the same mission. You know, what's changed since the day started or the battle started. And then kind of remember, this is what we're trying to accomplish. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's go back in there and let's get it done. So uh, I really love that. Uh, now you mentioned in, on your website that you start, you've been doing this since 2014, uh, a silent prayer or centering prayer. Now is centering prayer separate from a silent prayer or that those are the same thing? Same thing. So centering prayer, you can think of it as a practice. So actually, it's really two things. Centering prayer is a practice like meditation, but where it's different is it's it's also a relationship with God. So it's because I described how you do it, but really the purpose of centering prayer is to open to the presence and actions of God within. So you're really just building a relationship with God um, and trusting this process and getting yourself out of the way. So it's a practice, but also a relationship with God. And you just keep showing up every day. And, and as I like to think of it, you know, digging deep in the centering prayer well and seeing what happens and seeing how God, what God will do and what actions will God take in me and getting myself out of the way. Yeah. I love that. You know, the, the focus on the relationship piece, you know, it's uh, I think a lot of folks tend to think of, Christianity is, you know, check the box, like any religion, you know, check the box, do this, this happens, do this, this happens. And this is one of those things where it's really more of a relationship, you know, that, you know, because of Jesus, we have a two-way communication that that's there. And uh, it's not exactly cookie cutter for everybody. You know, we each have our own you know missions. We each have our own gifts and sets of gifts and talents and strengths and so on. So uh, I love that. Or if I, if I, and if I may say, and like, for, for example, even Jesus, Jesus, they, it's mentioned in the Bible. He often went off alone and prayed and we don't, you know, we can only surmise he wasn't always talking that he was silently sitting with God. So, you know, silent prayer goes really goes all the way back to Jesus. He went off alone to pray, and we don't think he always was talking. We think he was just sitting with God. Particularly if he was fasting in the desert, you really have to conserve your energy and strength. So you're not going to babble on and on. You're going to just sit silently. So you know, we do, and you see a lot of silence mentioned throughout the Bible. Um, so silent prayer goes all goes really goes goes all the way back to Jesus as an example of he modeled for us you know to pray verbally of course but he also modeled to silently sit with God yeah and that was very different than 
the prayer tradition of the time, if I remember correctly. Like, you know, then you would have to go to the altar, make a sacrifice, you know, kind of have somebody act as intermediary for you. And here's Jesus just doing it and doing it every day. Exactly. And I mean, he referred to God as Abba, our father and someone, you know, that we're close to and someone that's dear to us and someone that loves us, which was quite different at that time. That's not how they referred to God, but um, that's how Jesus referred to God as someone that is very special and close, fatherly, special figure that we are to have a, you know, a strong, intimate relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that mess with the minds of people who were in power at the time. <laughs> exactly. It was it was shocking to them. That's not yeah. how they refer, refer to God. Yeah. So it was blasphemy, I think, as far as they were concerned. Yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned you've been doing silent prayer since 2014. Uh, what was going on in your life around that time? And uh, what were some of the things you were seeking that maybe wasn't coming from regular prayer alone? Sure. Um, I guess I had always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. So I, w- I had discovered the power of silence. Carl McCullman had written a number of books, um, and I discovered kind of the power of silence. He talked about it, but he never just he never talked about a practice. And then I stumbled. I was perusing Amazon looking for a book to read in late 2013, and came across Amos Smith's book, "Healing the Divide: um, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots." And in the book, two things jumped out at me. One, he talked about centering prayer, a silent prayer practice. So I was very intrigued because I finally found something I could do in the silence, or, or a practice I could do in the silence. And I began, you know, exploring what is this centering prayer and learning that it's not just meditation, but it's a, it's a relationship with God. And then in his book, he also talked about what he called the Jesus paradox, Jesus being God and human at once. So both of those really intrigued me. And I reached out to him on his website and we began an email dialogue became friends, and I began working with him on his website. And then I created my own website as well. And he's the one that actually challenged me to write this book. Um, so I'll, I'll blame it on him. But no, <laughs> and I'm fault. glad he did, actually, because <laughs> it was not even, it was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, so it was really, I think I was just seeking a closer relationship with God, and I just didn't know how to do it. And I wanted to go deeper in my trust and relationship with God but I didn't know what that was, and I found it in Centering Prayer on perusing Amazon in late 2013. Man. And so now, seven, eight years later, uh, what changes have you seen in your life as a result of putting this practice into, into your routine every day? I guess the fruit, the fruits for me, um, and that's the neat part, is God has blessed me with kind of an excitement for life that I didn't have before then. I mean, I enjoyed life, but now I'm really excited about life. Um, a confidence that I didn't have before, wisdom for tasks, and just um, sharing it with other people. It, it's it's been so life giving and life changing to me. I, I can kind of I, not I kind of I consider it my mission. I want to share it with others in case it can help them as it has helped me because it's just been such a powerful influence in my life, and I know it can help others. It's now it's not the only way to pray. Um, but it, it certainly has helped me, and I just simply want to share it with as many people as possible in case it can help them, um, similar to how it has helped me. Yeah. And, and when did people start to notice something was different about you? Like, did did your your wife notice something different, or your kids, or maybe your coworkers? Like, hey, something's different. You know, what's what's changed? Or I noticed this about you that's different than before. And anything like that come up that uh, drew people's attention? Um, 
I guess at church, people would just approach me and ask me questions. Um, what is this centering prayer? Um, they noticed I was doing it. They noticed my website. They noticed I was teaching in the community. And the same thing happened at work. When the people were wondering, um, the aisle would wonder, was wondering why I seemed to be leaving my desk and going to my car every day. So <laughs> I, I told a couple people what I was doing, and one of them, you know, was very more more interested in it than some of the others. So I think they just kind of people just noticed he's. My, my children were noticing, what are you doing in the basement in the evening? Because I, that's, <laughs> at that time, I and I switched to the afternoon, but I used to do the centering prayer after dinner so that my children wanted to know what I was doing in the basement. So then I invited them down to, to see what it was. But I think people just noticed at work that I was leaving my desk and what are you, what are you doing? So I told them what I was doing, where people began noticing I had a website, where they began noticing that I was reaching out to churches and teaching it at, in, at adult faith forum sessions. So just people began noticing that you seem to be teaching, doing this or teaching it. And they began becoming curious. What, what is this and why is it so important to you? I wonder if your kids were disappointed when they found out you weren't like inventing a time machine in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be like that. If my dad was going to the basement to, to pray, I'd be like, what are you doing down there? I, I'm praying. Oh. They actually joined me though. The neat part about it was oh, wow. that they they were interested. So they actually, my daughter began practicing it with me, um, and we we would do it a couple days a week. And and I think that that was me even more fascinating because at the time she was thirteen, and to have a thirteen year old girl be wordless for five minutes or seven minutes is probably a hard to imagine anyhow. So, um, so no, she just wanted to, she wanted to discover it for herself and she actually would do it with me a couple days a week. And my son at the time, I think was six and he just wanted to spend some time with me as well. So we would do a one, a one minute sit. So they were intrigued, but then they also wanted to do it. And then I would end up doing it with both of them separately. They wanted their own one-on-one -on -one time with dad. They didn't want, so we never did it all three, <laughs> all three of us together. Um, so there would be some evenings where I would be doing it. I'd be doing it with one of them. And then the other one would come down. The other one would go back upstairs. Wow. <laughs> do, do the other. So I guess we never did it together. And I guess maybe I should have encouraged that, but I don't know. Like metaphorically, it, it says so much though, because like, you know, silent prayer, regular prayer, whatever it is, it's about us being in the presence of our father in heaven. And, you know, uh, here are, are your two children who are doing this with you because they want to be in your presence while you're both getting into the presence of God. And I, that to me is just like, wow, that is so cool. And, and it helps draw that, uh, again, that relationship, you know, what, what's prayer about? It's not about submitting your laundry list or your grocery list to God saying, now do this for me. Or, you know, as my mom from Thailand would say, now do for me. Um, I can't believe I just did that. Anyway, mom, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> uh, she listens to my show, so I need to put that in there. Uh, but, you know, it is about getting just in the presence of God the Father and uh, finding comfort in that. And here are your kids literally doing that in the basement with you uh, when you were doing that at home. I just, uh, I don't have a question that goes with that. I just wanted to point that out. Like that popped into my head when you, you pointed that out just now. No, you're right. I mean, I guess I, I didn't, I'm not even, I, you're making me think about it now. I'm kind of teaching them a, a valuable lesson was just to sit and trust God and, and not come with our own agenda. So you're right. I mean, and that, that actually is pretty spectacular to think that a six-year-old would, would do that because we would use the contemplative outreach app to begin our one minute sit. And I would have him read a sentence and the sentence said, I open my heart to your love. So he, that's how he understood it was that 
I'm opening my heart to God's love. And then we would do a one minute sit together. So that is cool. I'm glad you kind of uh, pointed that out. For those out there who are dads, moms, yeah, allow your kids to pray with you. And it doesn't have to be about reciting something, you know, be in the presence of God and teach that. You know, there, there is lessons to be learned from getting silent. And, um, you're, I don't know if you're familiar with any like military terminology, Rich, um, uh, but when you're on patrol, uh, foot patrol primarily or dismounted patrols, we would say when I was in the army, uh, every so often you got to do something called SILS, S L L S. And that's because, you know, as you're, you're on patrol, you kind of, you might zone out, you might get into routine, you might almost forget why you're out there, which is to find bad guys or find things that are dangerous. And SILS is where you just stop look, listen, smell. And the whole point of it is to stop for about a minute, two minutes, take your helmet off, take in a deep breath. You're, you're slowing down, but really what you're trying to do is get your your senses, your five senses to re-engage and pay attention to what's around you. And it seems like, or something that stood out to me as I was reading your book about sitting, you know, sitting with God is in a way it's sills, you know, and I'm speaking probably primarily to the veteran audience here. And it, it's spiritually stopping, looking, listening, and smelling, uh, but you're doing it from your heart. You're doing it from your spirit and kind of re-engaging that with God. And uh, again, no question. I just want to throw that in there. No, no I mean, that makes, it, it, that makes sense. I mean, you're just opening to life and, and, and God in front of you, which, which is all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if you, Saw this happening during the pandemic, uh, you know, in the early days of the pandemic for my day job, I'm a, a director for a learning and development type of team, organizational development. And, you know, crisis was kind of everywhere. People were, you know, I wouldn't say panicking, but we had a scramble to make a lot of changes in our, our training needs. And so you can see anxiety kind of in everybody. You know, are we going to die from this? Or is this the apocalypse? And I'm just kind of sauntering in with like this calm, like everything's going to be okay. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's because when the news broke that we're making these shifts, you know, we're doing social distancing, we're going to have to find a new way to do training and development. Um, I did take a moment to just get calm remind myself who I belong to, and that's God, and remind myself who's in control, that's God, um, remind myself who I represent no matter what, and that's God. And once I put a lot of those things in perspective, you know, it wasn't like, again, putting requests up to the Lord and saying, all right, now do all these things for me. It was just that moment to, to, to regroup and say, okay, what do I know? These are the things I know. Um, so a little bit more, I guess, uh, active, but there was that slowdown moment. And I remember coming out of those, um, you know, moments of silence in a sense and just having this calm about me. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Why don't we do this? <laughs> like everything just sort of made sense to me of what was going around. And my boss was like, how are you staying calm in all this? I'm like, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> He's like, how do you know? I'm like, I just know. <laughs> like, I didn't know how much I could talk with my boss about God at the time. So uh, I just kind of kept it generic when I spoke with him. But uh, yeah, after about a month when the dust started to settle a little bit, he just started to say, you know, you really surprised me with how calm you were able to stay through all this. And uh, I know that it's because I just trusted God that you've got this. And uh, I, I see silent prayer, centering prayer being a big part of that. And, you know, if I, I'm not saying like if I had, had a structure, I could do it better. I, yeah, I could revisit the whole scenario better. I, I definitely see there's a value in slowing down, getting silent, letting myself go and just trusting God to fill in all those gaps. Uh, and I think that's the message you, you send out. 
Right. I mean, if you think about it, centering prayer, you know, we, the, during the practice, we let go. We let go of any thought or emotion that engages us so we can open up to God. But the purpose then is to get up from our sits and to continue the practice so you can let go of things that aren't going to help you in that moment and hone in and focus that will. So obviously during COVID, people, including myself, it, it, it continued to be, in, you know, Hopefully, we're coming out of it yeah. now with the vaccinations <laughs> and different things. But you know, as it started and get, it got worse, your mind is filled with anxiety and, and, and thoughts. And am I going to be okay? Am I going to make? Am I going to be able to keep my job? I'm financially will be will we be okay? And you begin um, scaring the heck out of yourself. So centering prayer, silent prayer, contemplative practice can help you let go of these thoughts that aren't serving you and then focus on what can serve me and what action can I take now that can help me. So it's it's perfect. You you sit with God and let go and then you get up and, and hopefully keep that posture of letting go of anxiety and fearful thoughts that aren't going to help me. They're not going to serve me. And then what can I focus on and what can I do and what action and what steps do I need to take right now? Nice. And if you're thinking right now, where was this episode a year ago when I needed it? I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, this is when God timed it. <laughs> so I'm speaking that to, to the audience. Uh, now let's see. I think we've kind of covered, you know, if I'm doing this for the first time, uh, I think we've kind of said it and sprinkled it throughout the uh, the conversation we've been having. Um, you know, so we're talking about finding that, that place where you can get alone, uh, about a minute to five minutes, and uh, really just focusing on getting quiet, just listening to God, you know, being in His presence, and anything that's popping into your head, just letting that go to God and let, let Him have it. Um did I sum that up correctly for somebody who wants to start this for the first time or is there more to it or how would you sum it up? No, I mean, it's exactly that. I would, I would um, do at least one sit a day, find, I would suggest the first thing you do as you start your day, because it's you're starting with God uh, and you're sitting with God and getting up and walking with God. So I would try a one to five minute sit as you begin your day. And then I would encourage them to do a second sit because you need um, kind of to refill that interior reservoir of, of silence within you. So um, I think it's important, you know, don't underestimate the power of a second sit. It, it'll refill you, recharge you, reconnect you with God and help you continue your day. So as much as possible, even if work is super busy, I stop what I'm doing and do my second sit. And then I'm always amazed by how productive I am the second half of the day. So. I need that sit. So I, I, I would argue, you know, centering prayer as a way of giving you back time. And it gives you back time because you're letting go of the things you don't need to focus on and then focusing on what you need to do and can do the rest of the day. So I would highly encourage a second sit because it just keeps the interior reservoir filled so that you can continue the second half of the day. Yeah. I'm always blown away by the leap of faith that prayer can be. You know, that, you know, you're in the thick of things and it may feel like the important thing to do is dive into that fire and put it out. Uh, but sometimes, if not all the time, the best thing to do is invest that time in your connection with God. You know, take a step back. I think Jesus had done that a few times too, where like there's a storm coming and he decides to take a nap or <laughs> get some rest or, or he, you know, like people are overwhelming him with requests and he goes off and he prays or he goes off and sits in silence. And, it's interesting that when you invest that time to reconnect with God, 
when you go back into the fold, everything just falls into place much faster, much more easily. Uh, things make more sense. Um, everybody starts to get along in some weird way. But if you don't step away from that and invest that time and prioritize God, uh, it's easy for things to just spiral out of control and things to get heated. Uh, that, that's just always amazed me and, and surprised me. I don't know why it still surprises me 15, 16 years into my faith journey, but it just does. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it just does. Um, I mean, I would say just look at your life and trust the ebbs and flows of your life and place the silent sits where they belong. So for me, the first one belongs first thing in the morning and the second one belongs before I eat my lunch. But there was a period of time when work was really busy, and I actually added a third sit, but just shortened them. So I was doing three 13-minute sits. I needed to spend this time with God so that I could get through the workday. It was just very chaotic and very busy. So I would do a morning sit, and then I would do one right before lunch. And then I did one two hours later at you know, three, four, almost 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we would do a kind of a third sit. But again, these were shorter sits. And then when work got better and less busy, I shifted back to the two sits. So I tell people to look at your life and place your sits where they belong and where you need them and shift it, shift them or flex them as needed as the ebbs and flows of your life changes. Move your sits and put them where they belong. Nice. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. So it's not about you only are allowed to do one a day. Like God doesn't put a limit on how many silent moments you can have with him. <laughs> I love that. Uh, now, I do want to shift gears a little bit because there, there was this concept that you talked about in your book that, uh, again, you know, beyond the rut, being about helping people get unstuck in their faith, their family, their uh, fitness, finances, future possibility. Um, and there's one thing that was this aha moment that I didn't expect to be in the book, but it was there and I saw it. I was like, we got to fit this in somehow. And that was uh, how silent prayer can open you up to non-dual thinking. Uh, and for, I guess, folks to understand non-dual thinking, you know, we, we got to first talk about what is dual thinking. And uh, so what is dual thinking? Like, how would you describe that to our listeners? Um, dual thinking really is just there's a right and a wrong way. There's 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 a yes and there's a no and there's my opinion and your opinion. Um, there's a winner. There's a loser. So it's um, that's really what dualism is. Then non-dual thinking is it just is. So not I, and it's a hard concept to describe even for me to sometimes I can't wrap my arms around it, but I think the best way that I think about it is it's really just being open to the moment and what it presents and, and just be willing to listen instead of argue and just be willing to try something new instead of saying, no, I've always done it this way. And just to be more open to other people and the diversity and, and strengths and, and gifts they bring to the table. I mean, I guess if you think of it, whether it's a small company or a large company, everybody, if everybody was exactly the same, um, it would be rather boring or maybe not as productive. But if everybody brings something different to the table, it's amazing what the, the final product can be or, or how, how much the company or school or whatever it is can flourish if you are more open to the diversity that comes to the table. So, yes. so non-dual is really just being open and saying yes to life and yes to other people and yes to other people's opinions and instead of quickly saying no. <laughs> <laughs> or you, know, you have to take one side or the other. There is no in between. There are no multiple possibilities that can happen. And I, 
I can see how dual thinking can get us stuck in a rut in a sense as well. I mean, if your only choices are one or the other, then I'm going to be stuck in this one choice because I can't do the other. I will never do the other thing. And um, you, you see that in politics even. You know, you're either liberal or you're conservative. Uh, you're either a good guy or you're a total dirtbag. You know, it's like, why can't we be more than one of these two choices? And I, I like that about non-dual thinking. And I think you'd mentioned in the book, non-dual thinking is inclusive. And Jesus was radically inclusive when it came to his ministry and, and his message. Um, and so I, I just wanted to point that out, that, you know, when you get silent, when you open yourself up to God, you're also opening yourself up to other possibilities other than this or that. And I think that uh, is very huge in getting ourselves out of whatever rut we're facing, whether it's spiritual, family, fitness, finances, and so on. Right. I mean, you just need to, there could be endless possibilities or solutions. So if, if you close the door, you close the door on future opportunities or, or future new ways of doing things or, or solutions to an existing problem you're working on. If, so if you become non-dual, you kind of widen your lens and, and open up to what is out there and what should I be doing or what new things can I be doing? What new things can I be experiencing? What new ways can I try to resolve an issue um, rather than being so narrowly focused? Mm-hmm. And, and, and inclusive too, really. It's really just being open to everything, including other people that maybe are very different than you and listening to them and accepting their differences and loving them for their differences. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, just that humility alone, <laughs> it's, you know, if, if you're open to it, it, it'll change your life in a way you never expected. But if you, you close it off right away, then good luck in your rut. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Non-dual. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it can get, definitely get you out of a rut. It, it just, you can open the way you, you think and experience things and see things. You can find a solution to, to, to get out of the rut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even in my own, fa- uh, that'll, that'll be too long of a story. So I'll, I'll save that for another day. It's in some other episodes. Uh, now, if people want to learn more about, you and about silent prayer. I know there's the book, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. And then you've got your website, uh, silenceteaches.com. Yes. And then uh, what other ways can people reach out to you? What other, uh, I know you're a speaker, you're an author, you're a blogger, um, but what else can we learn from you and tap into as far as resources and, and where else can we go to get to those resources? Sure. I mean, the best place would be to come to my site, silenceteaches.com. Um, if you subscribed to my site to get my weekly meditation, um, you'll get my free Centering Prayer ebook. That way you can learn more about it. And then on my site, uh, my book is on my site. So if you want to go even deeper in, in Centering Prayer and learning more about it, my, my book, uh, Sitting with God, is, is on my website. And then I have a resource page on my website filled with kind of other books and courses you might be interested in, in, in learning or exploring more. Um, some people want to, I offer coaching. So some people want someone to help guide them through how do I do centering prayer or, and some people want to go deeper in their existing practice and further explore who they are and, and further become their true self, the person God wants them to be. And they want someone to kind of help them with this process. I offer um, coaching on my website. So a number of different things on my website is a f- free ebook for those people that want to learn more. Um, the book that came out last August for those that want to dig a little bit deeper 
And then some coaching for those that want to actually do some one-on-one work, whether they're new or existing practitioners and want to go deeper, I offer coaching. And then I've been, I've been getting out and doing a lot of speaking. So I have a uh, invite me to speak page and I've been getting in front of uh, different groups, centering prayer groups um, often have asked me to come talk. Churches have come asked me to talk. Um, so a number of different types of groups have had me uh, come in and, and give a talk at their uh, at their meetings via Zoom these days. Nice. So, Thank you. And any parting words of wisdom before we wrap it up? I would say um, try silence. So don't give up your other forms of prayer, but if you've never thought of it as prayer, try a one to five minute silent sit before you begin your day and try it for 30 days and, and see what happens and see how it changes you and see how God heals you and transforms you. So just try it for 30 days and trust God and see what happens. Nice. Rich, thank you for trusting Raina's recommendation to be on my show. Uh, Raina, thank you for recommending Rich to myself and the audience. Uh, it's been great to have you on. Appreciate it. I'm uh, glad that, that I was able to come on and hopefully the, your community will uh, get some benefit from this. So in this episode, you heard from Rich as we talked about the difference between centering prayer and the type of prayer we're used to, how it's so much more than just giving a laundry list to God. We also talked about how you can find clarity in the things that can be removed from your life and what is most important. So I hope you found a lot of value in this discussion. And the one thing you can do to pay this show back is to hit the share button and send this to somebody you feel would find a lot of value just like you did. So it's a win-win because not only are you helping us spread this word, uh, but you're also helping somebody else who is probably looking for the same answers you just got. If you want some more information, check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 285. There you'll find links to Rich's website, Silence Teaches, but you'll also find a link to his book, Sitting with God. So with that said, I'm glad you joined me this week, and I'm looking forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the right. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.